0: another episode here of the Musings on Madison podcast. So Musings on Madison, see, I messed it up again. Two weeks, maybe by week three or four, we'll figure this out. Welcome to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, assistant editor here at Second City Hockey. Uh, an incredibly dejected and disappointed person tonight just because I happened to watch the Blackhawks game this evening. And with me are two people who are probably feeling the same way. Uh first off it is the uh recently hired nhl.com correspondent for the Blackhawks something of that nature. I don't know, but he's he's covering Blackhawks game now. He's he's all fancy. It's uh, Brandon Kane.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dave.
0: And congrats, congrats, sir. It was
1: very- I'm still around here.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, we still bring around these parts because but now you've got inside information for us, right?
1: I I guess we'll and- we'll find out in the coming uh coming pods I guess. And, and
0: by inside information we're gonna talk about the food that they serve the media at the uh in the press room
1: that's what everyone really cares about yeah because that's yeah. like,
0: Shepard, i don't know if you cover if you've ever done any
2: i i cover the wolves when i'm in chicago
0: okay there you go so so I, and i've seen the the press spread at food that they offer in the media room at a wolves game it's pretty nice
2: they're all really good um, about that
0: like I cover I, I feel like some people who have not worked in the media may not understand like like if you work your way up starting like i'm I cover a ton of high school and small college stuff where there's usually nothing at all if it is it's like you know cold pizza so when you get up to the pro, the co, uh, bigger college and the pro levels and you get like a five course meal waiting for you when you're working all day I'm like that's that's a pretty nice upgrade so so Brandon we expect full reports on whatever it is that they're feeding you guys uh, on game days.
1: I will happily oblige. Excellent. And then
0: also with us tonight is the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price.
1: Hello.
2: I'm probably going to be more optimistic on this podcast. I'm I'm going to find ways to do that.
0: Good luck with that.
1: (laughs) We'll see how this goes.
0: Yeah, let's see if we can kill that optimism real quick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, the box score.
2: (laughs) Hey, uh, Adam Bocul's got a point. Yeah! Yeah! He got his first ever NHL assist.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I'm so sure
2: it's that.
0: I hope they save the puck for him. Our initial plan for this was to record it during the third period of the Hawks Golden Knights game, but I think that might have been uh, that might have yeah. been torture for the three of us everybody. and everybody listening to have us talk about what was going on during that game. But uh, we're coming to you just minutes after the Blackhawks lost five to one to the Vegas Golden Knights in a game that. May not even even been that close. Like five to one's a pretty sizable margin of victory in the NHL. But I think it could have been seven, eight, nine to one if Corey Crawford didn't stand on his head. Which I feel like it's a broken record where we say the Hawks lost by two, three, four goals, and it could have been even worse if the goalie hadn't hadn't stood on his head. So that's the kind of season it's been, and uh, I don't think we have to tell too many of our listeners that if they've been watching the Hawks games this year, it's just it's just not good. And the the point that we were discussing before, and I want to reference now, is Calvin DeHaan got hurt tonight, and we're fingers crossed that it's not anything significant, because it sounded like it was a right shoulder injury, which is the same shoulder that was surgically repaired in the offseason, so obviously that raises a major major red flag, Um, we hope it's nothing serious, but there's two things that can be true here, is that Calvin DeHaan's injury certainly did not help the Blackhawks tonight, but... They've been pretty bad with Calvin DeHaan in the lineup anyway, so you can't really use that an excuse. So, Shepard, what what the hell's going on? Just something. Just talk. So,
2: I, 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 can't I, so I, I don't blame Calvin DeHaan for the losses that have happened while he's in the lineup because he's one of the very, very few, significantly small number of Blackhawks defenders who are capable of doing their job. Uh, it's him, it's Connor Murphy, and it's Duncan Keith, and now two of those guys are hurt. Oh. Um, even and even Duncan Keith is past uh, his prime pretty firmly, so Connor Murphy had to do almost all the heavy lifting, considering that the the three of the well well the other four guys were Brett Seabrook, Eric Gustafson, Dennis Gilbert, and Adam Boquist. I honestly think the Blackhawks would have been better off if Connor Murphy played all 60 minutes or <laughs> or all 50, or all 50 minutes after Calvin Dahan was injured.
0: Like they had that, they had that stretch in the first period when Boquist was out and Dahani. I heard Boquist came back, but I, like they had four defensemen for a while, and then Gilbert took a penalty, so they were down to three defensemen. I think for a penalty kill in that game,
2: like Boquist, but what Boquist was back by then. Oh, Boquist but was back. Necessarily, by that, that doesn't necessarily help because when has Adam Boquist ever had to kill a penalty? That's not what he does. Yeah, maybe in maybe in juniors,
0: maybe yeah. maybe
2: maybe in uh in mites hockey in yeah. as a as a three year old. Yeah,
0: it it was good. I, I at some point I thought maybe the Blackhawks should just take a shift with four forwards to give their defensemen a rest. Not exactly. that it would have made much of a difference.
2: We might have it like with, with good defensive forwards like David Kampf and Dylan Sakura and uh Brandon Saad, why not just shift to a different model at that point? Just start playing four forwards. Um I, <laughs> There's models that suggest playing four forwards might be a better idea anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. You might as well do something different because what we've been watching for the last two months hasn't been any good. Um, Brandon Kane, what about you? What are your thoughts on whatever the hell it was that we witnessed this evening?
1: I mean, do people expect something different than what that was? Huh. I mean,
0: playing I mean,
1: against one of the, you know, better teams. I know they were coming off a 5-0 loss to the New York Rangers of all teams, but – they were deemed that. I don't
0: I don't think you ever go into a game expecting disaster. And again, this goes back to what's become our measuring stick for the Blackhawks this season is whether or not the game is a disaster. And no matter like I I guess I expected the game last Thursday against Boston to be a disaster, and then they won in overtime. Still blew a three goal lead, but um
1: <laughs> I I, yeah, I think the, the thing is just go into a game without any expectations and just let but the good times to. or bad times roll.
2: Uh,
1: you have to guard your, uh, your broken and shattered Chicago sports heart.
0: <laughs> That's the saddest sentence I think I've ever heard on a podcast. And we're I talking mean, about
1: fair. the hockey team at the United Center, not the basketball team.
2: Oh, well, sure. I mean, <laughs> I'm we're, a- we're, we're in the final month of 2019. Think about if you're not a Cubs fan, the, the decade of sports that chicago fans have had if they're white sox fans it's just well, not I, no
0: good. like the white sox have been pretty garbage the whole decade
1: i mean hey, the women's the women's teams though they women's have been, teams are, are, they the, are, are the long exception here
0: well yeah <laughs> until they get to the final
1: I, uh let's not bring that up okay.
0: <laughs> well i mean it's been it's been a from a like a city-wide perspective it's actually been a pretty good decade You three hawks cups the cubs won a world series the Bears didn't. Okay, play. sorry,
2: the second half of the since of the, sense, okay. sense of the yeah. Blackhawks. The
0: Cup. second half of the decade has been a goddamn nightmare. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough.
2: I forgot that the Blackhawks Cups were this decade. It's been so long.
0: I know, right? Remember, like, this team used to win Stanley Cups a lot. Like, they won three in six years. They're by far the best team of the decade. Hey, we got a fresh update because we're doing this I, I wish it, we always do them live, but I guess we're doing this in the <laughs> aftermath of a Hawks game, so we can get some updates fresh off the Twitter hey. machine. Chris Cook says that uh, Calvin DeHans' right shoulder injury is quote not good, and he's flying back to Chicago for evaluation. So he's and not-
2: there, and the Blackhawks are still on a road trip, by the way. Yeah, so they have two fun. more road games. Philip, uh, home, come on down.
0: Yeah. Well, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, Hammer McCaution. Did the did McCaution even play? They called him up.
1: I think they called when? him
2: up and then immediately sent him back down.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember him playing, but maybe he'll come back up. Uh, Philip Holmes was another name I saw several times. Somebody's got to come up because they're they're down a, another defenseman. It sounds like he's headed for injured reserve, if not long term injured reserve. The last time somebody in Chicago said an injury was not good, it was a torn pectoral muscle. So, whew. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Slater
2: Cuckoo play hockey anymore.
0: I don't. Yeah, I could say that about several guys on the Blackhawks right now. Unfortunately, it's, it's just been that kind of season. Um, but again, I think it, it goes back to the point we were talking about at the top of the show, where these injuries aren't helping, but they weren't a good team beforehand. So, I guess like, how do you even? And either one of you guys want to respond to this? Feel free. How do you even analyze the talent on your team when the team is so just looks broken that nothing's going to work anyway? Like how do you properly evaluate guys like Boquist, Neilander, and all the other youngsters when everything just kind of sucks
2: about this team? So I think you can put them into context with other rookies on bad teams. See, See how Kirby Doc is doing in relation to Capo Caco. And Jack Hughes, neither of whom are on a good team this year. Um, see how Adam Boquist is doing, not in relation to Quentin Hughes or Kale, Mah- not Kale McCarr, for instance, but uh, who's who's a defenseman on a bad team? That's a rookie. It's hard to name them because bad teams don't usually carry rookies, but they <laughs> keep keep them keep them in context. And then I think I think. Kirby Doc's doing really well in comparison to his rookie class, who are on bad teams. I think that's a good sign. And then uh, for other players, just I'm a big fan of possession metrics. Keep keep relative possession metrics in mind. Brandon Sod's doing better relative to the team. Brandon Sod, you,
0: you are the analytics darling of Second City
2: Hockey. Yeah, Brandon Sod's doing well because he's doing well in relation to the team. I think that's a fairly easy thing to say.
0: And it, it's. Like there's some encouraging signs, but I can't. I keep. I cannot shake this feeling with this team that this whole thing is just broken right now. And it feels like to make another cross sports comparison, which we love to do on this podcast. It reminds me of like the Mark Trussman era Bears, where uh-huh. you can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can like you can bring in, you know, ship out this ba- broken piece for this new piece. And the new piece you bring in is going to get broken by the system. So, or just broken by the the way things are right now. I don't feel good about anything involving this team at the moment. Like, the, even when healthy, the team is maybe a fringe wildcard team at best. When with all these guys getting injured, we're heading to the lottery pretty quickly. And you've got, you know, all these veterans on no movement clauses. I mean,
2: as, as, as they bought. Uh, As they bottom out, you've got to hope that the veterans waive those clauses, I think.
0: I feel like we were talking about this before we hit the record button here, but we're getting closer and closer to that episode of where do they trade Kane? When do they trade Taves? What do they get for him? What's the reasonable expectations? I'm not there yet. I'd like to reiterate that. I'm not there yet. But every time something happens, like every time a game like this happens – I feel like I'm a, a step closer to just conceding that they need to blow up the entire thing, and and I saw the tweet from Mark Lazarus tonight about you have four veterans and you can't blow it up, but maybe blowing it up just involves firing the head coach and the general manager, and you see if that fixes something, and if that doesn't fix it, then you're talking about waiving no trade clauses and all of that. Brandon, what do you think about that?
1: A uh, lot to take in. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Colleton said Sunday after the game, when asked, how do you evaluate the team? Um, He said, let me pull up the quote here that I have. Um, He said, well, for now, that that is what we are. We're inconsistent, and it's up to us to commit to doing the thing shift to shift that will allow us to turn into something more, simple as that, which is basically – him saying, like, you can't evaluate this team because we are inconsistent. There is no rhyme or reason to, you know, the play that's being exhibited on the ice.
0: Isn't isn't it the coach's responsibility to not have Make his them team consistent. be consistent? Though, yeah,
1: yeah, no, I the, Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I
2: think it's long past due that Jeremy Callinton's expiration date has been
1: and uh, you also have to like think there's i don't know the Mark Crawford situation is still ongoing with the investigation into
0: yeah I keep forgetting about that
1: those things um, so it's a matter of like when when that investigation is concluded you know regardless of the outcome on it I feel like they can't make a decision on Colleton's status until that investigation is done on Mark Crawford. Right. Uh, because I, I mean, Sheldon Brookbank's going to be the head coach. That's, that's what it, it looks like the, if the, they were the, to go that route. I don't the, see them doing it, but the, the, the that guy would be e- the option.
2: The guy they could easily just talk to is also, again, in Chicago. The, he's right, but candidate. that's not happening midseason. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Why, why would you trust Sheldon Brookbank, who hasn't been a coach
1: for a full three years you yet? Just, to, you can just slap him the with
0: here. the interim tag just to get by. Like, I don't think
1: – Put the Band-Aid on it.
0: Yeah. you you. I mean, you have to have a head coach. so you got, And it's got to be somebody available. So, unless they're going to – I don't know, is Scotty Bowman going to come out of retirement? And
1: <laughs> what they could do is they could bring Barry Smith and have him be the interim for the rest of the season, if they were to go that route. Yeah, I, I don't see it I happening, think, but that is an option.
0: I think if yeah, if if they fire mid midseason, I think it's either going to be Barry Smith or Sheldon Brookbank, and I think they're going to an interim tag while they try and get the big picture and
1: readjust.
0: Yeah, and readjust and and figure out what the hell they're going to do because if Carlton gets fired,
2: I think that's the I think that's the season. I think that's just all right. It's time to oh, that's go just, after. Go after Quentin <laughs> Byfield and Alexis
1: Lafreniere and see what you can get. I, but well, the thing I is, think, like, there's pieces there that to build on, and there's pieces that are coming. But the, this season has to bridge that gap, and it's not doing that. Right. Yeah.
2: And I think I think a a, a good idea if Carlton is fired is to bring Derek King up and and have him coach some of the younger guys and just start recalling them in in batches and see well, then, how they do.
0: But they don't who's going to coach Rockford then? They, you don't have
1: under Sorensen. Oh, okay. But (laughs) I don't, I don't think they bring up King because I, he's doing much better than I would have projected at the start with the, you know, gluttony of call-ups and stuff and like managing his lineup. Aside from tonight's defensive effort, but you know, that withstanding um, he's doing a good job of jungling lines and, optimizing lineups and shuffling things around when he's needed to. So I feel like that works for them. So if you as an organization want a bright spot, Hey, at least our farm system is doing well.
0: Well, that's something.
1: (laughs) Hey, something is better than nothing. Right. And this is a, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. You're, you're trying to, you know, make money out of this. And if that's where you can, yeah. sustain money throughout, you know, March, April, maybe May, then it's not the worst thing in the world. But but
0: what it's if they What if they're content making money and making money doesn't necessarily involve winning?
2: I think at some point it has to, considering the expectations that Chicago fans have on this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I assume Those but, expectations I mean, are not going away. Yeah. Yeah, but them them seats are still pretty full. I mean, they're not as full as they're not looking as empty. They're not as full as they were five years ago, but they're also not as empty as the United Center was for that Bulls game the other night. There's that picture going around on Twitter from a couple nights ago where you could probably count the people sitting in the 300 level, and I don't think the yeah,
1: it was like 13 or at. 14 thousand. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the first
2: time the, the sellout streak is snapped, I think the Blackhawks will start to panic as an organization.
0: I I would already be in a panic spot because it just it like the the gap between where they are now and where they want to be it seems like it keeps getting wider and your top veteran players are supposed to help bridge that gap and I don't know if they're going to be there at the end of it anymore. I think when we it gets back into some of the bigger picture stuff we've been talking about before so I don't know
1: and they play Seven games the rest of December against Western Conference opponents. At Arizona, at St. Louis, then they have Minnesota at home on Sunday, a Wednesday tilt against the Avs at Winnipeg. That is a back-to-back. Then the 21st, they head out to Denver, and they've got three against Eastern opponents, and then New Year's Eve in Calgary. Tough stretch, to say the least.
0: So, yeah, with that busy schedule that they have coming up, like I was trying to look for a gap. Usually there's, you know, if you're going to make a coaching change, you try and do it when there's a couple days off. So they're they're not going to do it over – well, I feel like they did – the Hawks did fire a coach right around Christmas once. I think this was in early 2000s. I'll have to Google this later. But anyway, like they play on the – fifth. the, the game gets the wild. They have two days off before that Avalanche game. So that seems like – Maybe you can make a move there. Then there's the three days off for Christmas. That'd be a cold, cold thing to do, but I, you know, it's pro sports. Sometimes these things happen. And then the other spot was, you know, Thursday, January 2nd, first game of the new year, new decade even, will be on a Thursday night in Vancouver. Then you have two games off, two days off, and they play at home to Detroit. So maybe there, if you're going to make a coaching change, maybe that's where it happens. But uh, and then after that, it'd be like maybe that bye week they have for uh, All Star Week when they have a week and a half off at the end of January. But I don't know if Calhoun's gonna last that long if they keep playing like this. Yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts on the uh,
2: coaching change there, gentlemen? Uh, again, I I thought I would have thought it would have happened already. But they if if they keep bouncing around 500, then yeah, I if, I can see them extending it.
0: They pull another three-game winning streak out of their ass, like. They won. <laughs> they, they you know they beat Boston in overtime, and they beat. They had a two zero and one stretch, and uh, like uh, three games in four days, they got five or six points. And I don't think I've ever been less encouraged. Like the first game, they blew a three goal lead. Then they needed over uh, needed a shootout to beat the freaking Devils, and then they lost in a uh, shootout to Arizona. It's like, did anything about that game make you feel good? I I I got nothing out of any of those wins. Uh, so
2: except uh, the shock the one, of beating Boston. One good thing again. I'm trying to be optimistic. Thanks, Dominic, Dominic. Dominic Dominic Kubalik is clearly a first line w- winner. I think he's up up there with.
0: Absolutely. Saad,
2: our best forwards so far this season. He's up there with Saad and Kampf. I think nice Torres having a good start. The top
0: line needs to be Taves, Saad, and League for the foreseeable future, and I see no reason why that should change.
2: Unless it's bold take, changing the center, and just going with the line that's worked the best across the whole season, and making them the first line, and going Saad, kuba league again, and giving them more time on ice.
0: You want to want David Kampf getting your most minutes?
2: Against centers? against the against the best opponents, while well, Taves gets probably play with Doc and Nylander. So make, making
0: making making that like your top shutdown line essentially. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. I
2: I I got you there. I could I could see that. I could entertain that line. That'd be a good line. A top shutdown line that can also still drive offense.
0: Yeah, it could like so like the the Dave Boland lines from 2010 and 2013 essentially,
2: except a little bit more offensively capable.
0: Well, I think like I guess more of the 2010 version when it was uh. Bolin Ladin and Versteeg, because that line could still produce offensively while also shutting down opposing attackers. They, they owned yeah. the Sedin twins for two or three years. It was great. Good times. So much fun. We had so much fun back then. Uh, we were, we yeah. were so young. I, yeah. No. Anyway. Um, those
1: were the days.
0: Those were the days, man. So coming back to the present, which is much, much less fun than it should be, Not as fun as it should be is what I'm trying to say. English is hard. Anyway, so what we're trying to go with this is, you know, you have your third straight season where it looks like the Blackhawks are probably going to miss the playoffs. At what point do the guys like Taves and Kane and Keith decide, I don't want to be spending the rest of my career on a franchise that's playing for the lottery every year. Not that they're going to, like, it's not getting into the discussion about blowing things up. It's more about do, they, do you guys see these guys just getting sick of losing, potentially asking for a change of scenery? Because it seems like after you had so much time winning earlier in your careers, I don't know how content they're going to be riding off into the sunset of their careers, getting their faces kicked in every night.
2: Yeah. I think this is where the clear dividing line comes in is that the three guys who are going to get a statue – outside of the United Senate right next to Michael Jordan are Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and Duncan Keith. And I don't know if any of them, if this continues, need to end their careers and be lifetime Blackhawks. I don't know if that's something that will need to happen.
0: And it, and seems like, it seems like such a bizarre thought because you know, all three of those guys are wearing letters every night they play. Well, our Kane's been wearing the A in Keith's absence, but I just... And, again, I I don't know these guys personally, so I have no idea what's going on in their heads. But you can see, like, you can see the frustration out of them boiling over a little more than I have at any other point in your careers. like seeing Kane go palms up on so many more offensive situations that don't pan out this year. There was a clip going around of Taves not looking like he was entirely receptive to a very brief conversation with Colleton on the bench, near the end of the Arizona game a week ago. So there's just there's little things that suggest maybe there's some frustration brewing with the more veteran players on this team and and Brandon, do you think anything comes of
1: that building frustration out of that group? I don't know yet. It seems like there certainly could be and there's a lot that I don't know, it's, it's hard to understand like what this team is based on all the influx of moves in that because you have guys that are in and out of the lineup and they have chemistry with certain players, but then, you know, they don't have guys in and out of the lineup. And I listened to the uh, Blackhawks talk podcast and Nick Gizmondi made the comparison of, it's like when you go to, you know, a family, uh, Thanksgiving or something and the, aunts and uncles and your first cousins couldn't come. And all of a sudden it's your second cousins and they're like, friends are at the table and you're like, well, how do I have a conversation with them? Like, I don't know who you are.
0: (laughs) Right. And it it,
1: like, I don't know why, but that analogy like really stuck with me. And I was like, that is really good because, and he equated it to like stuff off the ice as well. But just from like an on ice perspective, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense because these guys have, at least, you know, in the Blackhawks organization, they've known each other for so long, and you develop these habits and these certain tells or ticks or whatever you want to call them, where you know where someone's going to be when this certain situation presents itself, and maybe that's what you expect, and then that guy isn't there, and you're turning the puck over. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, th- that's the one thing that I mean they they've all had to. Adapt to an entirely new group of teammates. I mean, the the roster that won the their last any of their Stanley Cups is it's turned over so much. I mean, they've had a ton of turnover just in the last two or three years, mainly because when you don't it's have a good to team, the players don't the players don't stay. Players get traded, players get released, what have you. And thank you, Brandon, for finding it was Trent Yanni they fired just before Thanksgiving in two thousand six, which we all remember vividly, I'm sure, the Yanni <laughs> era with the Blackhawks. So who replaced him? Was that that have been Savard? That
1: would have been, that would have been Savard. Yep. Okay. Carve up that tenure as a big old L.
0: <laughs> Although there was someone, uh, I think it was Duncan Keith said that playing with playing under Trent Yanni for the first few years of his career was the best thing for him. So so there's that. I remember Trent Yanni being. I remember playing with him in like NHL '99 because he was a defenseman, <laughs> and and. And and that's going to end the Trent and Yanni segment on this podcast.
1: <laughs> um, Moving
0: on. But, but speaking of veterans that are going to be frustrated, the other two guys that I think if they were assaulted one of their teammates after a game, I don't think any jury would convict them, is Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford are getting so many shots against them. And just they're having to hold the fort virtually alone every single night. And I think against the uh, the Vegas game tonight, I think you really saw the most animated frustrations I've seen out of Corey Crawford in years, where at the end of, I think it was the second period, the camera showed the players walking down the tunnel into the locker room and looked like Crawford was trying to break a stick in half or angrily hitting something that he didn't, uh, that he just, just trying to vent a little bit just because that was right after Gustafson kind of blew the two-on-one defense where Zach Smith was damn near behind the net and Gustafson was still kind of let, let the passing lane be wide open and Carlson had a net so open the three of us would have hit it for a goal. So at what point, Shepard, I'm going to ask you this one, do, at some point do the goalies have a breaking point as well, like the, some of the other veterans like Taves and Kane might?
2: Oh, Definitely. Especially somebody like Robin Leonard, who's not been afraid to be animated, and yeah. who's been brutally honest so far in his brief Blackhawks tenure so far, is that he's he's gonna throw a fit at some point, and I would not be surprised if he pulls a Patrick Watt and says, "Either you fire him, or I'm going. I need <laughs> I need to go." And there's a reason I think he doesn't have an NMC. You uh, like, despite how good his contract is. Um, and I think that might be what gets Jeremy Collison fired. And if that's the case, uh, Robin, can you do that like <laughs> tonight? Because <laughs> I, I don't think – I think Stan is still smart. I think Stan still is the guy who built two cup-winning franchises after winning the first one and cup-winning teams. And I think that uh, he understands that, yeah, it's probably Collison who needs to go and not the guy who's one of the best goaltenders in the league so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and if if they're gonna do this rebuild or rebuild on the fly or reload, or whatever the hell they want to call it, like it's not they it can't
2: be any of those anymore.
0: What? Well, I don't know. Whatever the hell it is they're trying to do, it seems like, like Robin Leonard is very much in his prime. So if they think they're gonna try and win something in the short term, within like the next like two or three years, I'm saying Robin Leonard is the perfect guy to re resign at the end of the season and let him be the number one goalie. If they're not going to do that, which is a podcast we'll do later in the season if things keep going this way, he could fetch one hell of a haul at the trade deadline, but we'll worry about that in 2020 uh, because I, I think we'll have much bigger fish to fry between now and then, unfortunately. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm sitting here looking at the hawk schedule. I don't know if you're going to fire a coach in the middle of the road trip. It's not like – I think I just want something to happen. Trade somebody, fire somebody, just do something. It's so boring,
2: like, and the and the Mark productive. Crawford, and the Mark Crawford. It's it just fire. Him. Fire him, know, and then I, yeah, bring you know, up just, somebody.
0: Just let him no. go, and and that and that doesn't count as the move that needs to happen. Right, Crawford got himself fired for all the other shit he was doing on his career. Brandon, what were you gonna say?
1: Oh, I was just saying the actions that Crawford did in Vegas looked more intentional and directed in like anger and frustration than what Leonard did in Colorado when he was polled. Because it looked like Leonard was just like, Hey, wake up. Like we can do this. Like it seemed more like constructive,
0: maybe, maybe encouraging. than. Yeah.
1: And it, and that like started like this whole firestorm. It seemed like, and Leonard was like, that's not what I like. It wasn't like yelling at my teammates. Cause they were like leaving me out to dry out there. He's like, I was just like, Hey, like, we weren't doing good, so I wanted to, like, get the guys going a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think there was some. It seemed a little
1: bit different from Crawford tonight. And not like he was, like, berating his teammates, but he was just, like, completely frustrated because he just didn't, like, know how to react because that hasn't happened in so long for him.
0: Because he's just, there's no help. He's got no help. I think the Leonard thing was, I think the reason some people made a big deal about it is because. He was shouting down the bench, but he just happened to be standing directly next to Taves when he did that. So if you,
1: if you mm, take yeah. a
0: quick glance at it, you, it looked like he was yelling at Taves. But I think it's more like what you were saying, Brandon. He was just yelling down the bench just trying to rally the troops, saying, hey, you know, get your heads out of your asses. Let's play some actual hockey, or as much as we can this season. Yeah, yeah you, it, can't,
1: you can't fault either one of them from being no, you know, frustrated absolutely. or that. Because it's like you see what's going on, and you're like, they are performing – and they just want the guys in front of them to, because that's going to help, you know, the overall team success.
0: Yeah. If either Crawford or Leonard went to the media after any of the games of season and said, I'm doing my job. I wish someone, if he, they could throw their entire team under the bus. And I think I would just, yeah, yeah, they're right. Like they'd be totally justified. Now they're probably not going to do that just because, well, Leonard might Crawford probably never will just cause that's not the way he is and, and hockey culture and whatnot. But, like, if, if one of them happened to do it, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone here is going to blame them.
1: Yeah, and Leonard on Sunday was you – know, we asked about, like, you know, the, the team's taking so many penalties and asked, like, how much, you know, is that hurting the team? And he goes, well, yeah. He's like, we have to stop taking penalties. He's like, that's going to make things easier for us offensively and on defense. Like, yeah clearly he's going to face fewer shots if they're yeah. playing a five-on-five five rather than being down a man. Yeah, so, obviously, like, he's going to love that. Um, and I know a lot's been made that he's a top PK goalie in the league, but after, you know, you see so many shots, it's going to wear on you regardless if you have attained them like the Blackhawks have.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just I'm interested to see when the, it stops going, when the quote changes from we need to be better from uh, – goes from we need to be better to they need to be better, they being the rest of his teammates. Maybe it won't get there. Maybe they'll
1: somehow... Right the ship a little.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They, they are much better teammates than I would be at this point because I, I can't... I, maybe that's why I'm not in the NHL. That and a general lack of athletic ability. But. <laughs>
2: but both both of them have preached the desire to have volume against them, right? So this is, uh, this is their volume against them.
0: Yeah, but I, I think at some point you just... You know, volume is one thing, but when... Players are getting empty nets to tap into, like the Carlson goal tonight. I think it was Carlson, the the shorthanded goal on the two-on-one. What can you do on that as goalie? I think goalies just want to be able to have the ability, to have an opportunity to make the save, and they're they're not even getting the opportunity. And I think that seems like that would be the most frustrating thing for a goalie when you don't even have the chance to do something because your teammates' end zone coverage is so pathetic.
2: Their crease, the the crease defense this season has been atrocious from all the Blackhawks defenders. Just it's
0: it's 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 all bad right now. It's really like I mean, I, Shepard offered some brief uh, reasons for optimism, but I don't know. I just I, I think we entered the season like again. I, I I didn't have them making the playoffs. Brandon, I don't think had them making the playoffs. So nope. it's not entirely disappointing to see them struggle it's just the way they're getting outclassed so often it is. And it's just, it's getting, it's getting painful to watch. It's getting boring. And it's just, it's, it's turning from disappointment into apathy, which is the worst place to be as a sports fan. I think is when you just, you can't even muster the energy to be mad about it anymore. And I feel like I'm pretty much there with this team at this point.
1: In general, I feel like there is one like overarching optimistic thing about where the blackhawks are is that blackhawks fans really appreciate goaltending now (laughs) it seemed like for like the first half of the decade to be like oh like he should have made that save like that's terrible and now it's like oh like good goaltending that's awesome like yeah i really i really dig that like oh that was a sick save like um so that's kind of cool to see because like goaltending is such like a weird position
0: yeah, are so like that- who,
1: who the hell is going to be like oh yeah let's strap on some pads and get pucks flown at me like, <laughs> 90 miles per hour like you're insane like let's was it, it
2: was it Corey or leonard who said like it's the guys in front of me who are crazy blocking
1: shots without the padding <laughs> i think it, i I feel like that was leonard it was just like at least i'm protected like, yeah like oh that's fair yeah, but my,
0: my face is behind a cage
1: <laughs> right so yeah. you have like Crawford Leonard and then in the AHL with that um, trio there so it's like hey like parts of the organization aren't great but to see a position that normally just is like oh well look they give up four goals it's all the goalies fault it's like no when you look at it and you're like okay well maybe only two of them were on the goalie so yeah I don't know it's just some like shift that I've seen within the fan base that's kind of nice to see when you yeah. like shuffle through all like the hate. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's really nice having three NHL level goaltenders with Lincoln and being the third.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, we got
0: the goaltending position figured out now. They just have to, <coughs> get to the 18 skaters in front of them.
2: Well, subtract. I'd all right. subtract I, like six, I know they're guys. not
0: all 18 bad, but it's just, 12. Let me let me have my let me have my self pitying moment, Shepard. I'm
2: still trying to have some optimism that there is something to build around. Uh,
0: bl- bless your heart, it's the holiday season. <laughs> We're all trying to feel good about this, but
1: uh, uh, we got to record a pod on Festivus to like actually like hit it home on the nose, right? And uh, I we've got plenty of grievances to be aired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the people need it.
0: Uh, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll open that up to the Second City Hockey listeners and let them uh. Let's have their them. own grievances because I'm sure there's plenty to be had at this point.
1: We could open up a, like, a hotline and everything. A mailbag, entertaining. A mailbag Oh, episode. boy. That'd be spicy. <sighs> that'd be spicy like a Popeye's chicken sandwich. You are obsessed
2: with those. <laughs> you did. It.
0: You were, I saw you talking about wanting to get that into a Second City Hockey story, so I guess the podcast is good enough.
2: Yep, I mean, that, that was the reason I said that. There will be a story that. on Second City Hockey about this podcast. So.
1: <laughs> Bingo.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Good. Well, well done. Do you you go the spicy or do you go the regular?
1: I'm an equal opportunity Popeye's chicken sandwich eater.
0: So, so you get one of each.
1: I mean, maybe I get two of each.
0: (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, Hey, I, you know what?
1: You you don't don't eat all of them in one sitting, you know, you got one for the next day on lunch.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Shepard Shepherd. Shepherd. What about you? Spicy or regular? Spicy see I'm I'm the only regular guy, I guess, because I'm boring. You know?
2: I, like, I, I like flavor. <laughs>
0: you there's plenty of flavor in a regular just, chicken sandwich. Just, just,
2: <laughs> no. It's spicy is spicy adds more flavor. When you,
0: next time you're back in the Chicago area from Austin, I will slap the taste out of your mouth just just for that. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, first that's, time, that's we, first, first, time, first time we meet. You've slapped, <laughs> yeah. you, so, first time we meet. That,
0: that sounded good i hope it sounds as good in the microphone anyway but i i have to credit the uh the i'm fat podcast with pointing out uh the culver's chicken sandwich which i tried
1: recently oh it is a delight
0: oh it's very good and I, i'm a I, normie
1: I, hmm? I said i'm a normie too
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you run all the time yeah um I yeah that that uh that Culver's chicken sandwich highly recommend. Do you see do you see what the Blackhawks have done to us? We're talking about chicken sandwiches at the end of a hockey.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, what else is there to talk about? I mean, a chicken sandwich kind of looks like a hockey puck, like in fair. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, if you burn a it long lucky. enough, it turns into a hockey puck.
1: A there we go. Puck.
0: Well, you know what? I think that's going to be the perfect place to put a bow on this edition of the Musings on Madison podcast here on the Second City Hockey Network. So thank you very much for listening. We hope there's – we hope we're at least entertaining, at least more entertaining than some of the Blackhawks games have been recently. He's Shepard Price on Twitter. Follow him at at Shepard Price. Brandon Kane is at Brendan M. Kane. I'm your host, Dave Melton. I am at underscore Dave Melton. Uh, visit secondcityhockey.com. We'll have content up there every day talking about all the things going on with the Blackhawks. Hopefully we'll have something more interesting to write about in the upcoming days and weeks and months. And uh yeah, I think that – will any, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Nothing. Nothing. Shepard?
2: Try to be optimistic. It's the holidays.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, hey, you know what? Every time we do the full doom and gloom, they win three in a row. So we'll talk to you next week when the Hawks have won three in a row. But uh, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next time. And, yeah, I, you know I guess we'll do it again. Just please, for the love of God.
1: Dot, dot da da da!